0: You pay me and i feel like every creative should adopt that because it is so so frequently that creatives are not accurately compensated for their creativity and you should never shortchange yourself and you should always always demand your worth and so Fuck you pay me is just a, a beautiful mantra to make sure Do you get what's yours? Hello and welcome
1: to the Creative Lotus Podcast. On this week's episode, we have Heartthrob Rob, rapper Rob B. What's up? Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the podcast. Um, So you also go by Heartthrob Rob, correct? Correct. Yes. Awesome. Uh, So I always start out every episode just asking uh, each creative kind of where were you born and raised so people kind of get to know you uh, and what was kind of like your childhood like growing up, uh, which then ultimately um, brought you to Los Angeles here to uh, become the artist and musician that you are now.
0: Um, Well, I'm originally from San Diego, um, Southern California, born and raised, Um, you know, sunny disposition. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I grew up... um, I didn't have, um, the easiest childhood to be perfectly fair, but, um, mm-hmm. it, which I mean, it kind of led me in the pathway that it did. Um, growing up, um, I grew up in, um, let's say less than, less than desirable, um, uh, conditions. Um, mm-hmm. uh, very modest, very humble, um, uh, beginnings. Um, both my parents had battles with addiction and were, you know, my dad was an artist. So, you know, he fought through his own turmoils and struggles. Um, but with that being said, let me, um, let me preface that. What there was no absence of love or I grew up in a very, very loving household, very encouraging household, very supportive and nurturing household. Um, which I mean, with that, that mixture, I mean, of course I was going to find refuge in, uh, hip hop, something that was, um, always found the beauty and the ugly in my perspective. Mm. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. No, it's so cool. I, I was taking a look at your website and, you know, you in your bio or, or where you wrote your kind of about you, uh, you also shared that you kind of got into uh, both modeling as well as photography and kind of the creative arts and uh, had never really thought of yourself as, you know, kind of a musician or a rapper. Um, so, you know, what was the kind of the catalyst, I guess, um Actually, from going from San Diego to LA, was that primarily made because you wanted to get into "quote unquote" this industry, uh, or if it was um, there was other kind of passions and desires that that brought you here?
0: Um, You know, well, to be perfectly fair, modeling kind of chose me. I didn't Mm. really find that myself. Um, I took those glamour shots that like (laughs) every Latino had. early on and one of them fell in the hands of a photographer and it just snowballed from there. Um, he got me set up with my first modeling agency. Um, my parents would drive me to LA like for 15 minute casting calls. You know, that's not a easy drive from San Diego. Um, And then I just started booking jobs. And although LA would be the, you know, the obvious choice to move to, um, I actually ended up moving to San Francisco and New York, um, okay. doing, uh, modeling and hadn't really, I didn't, I mean, I dabbled in music and I grew up with the music background. Like I was always going to shows and hanging out with bands and, um, you mm-hmm. know, um, always being, um, an artist in general painting, Graphic design. I was doing their merch and like doing their covers for their their music. But because I was gay, I never really thought that there was even the slightest bit of chance that you know someone like me would even be able to be accepted in the industry or that Mm. like there would be a place for my voice or a platform for me to excel. Um, And to be perfectly honest, um, I just found a. a kindred soul, one of my best friends, growing up, um, or not growing up, but coming into my own as a gay man, one of my first best friends. Um, Mm -hmm. One late night, we were just drinking Heinekens and shooting the shit, and it was, like, 3 a.m. And we both, like, confided into each other that, like, you know, we both have this passion for music, and, like, you know, I'd always wrote raps and stuff, like, you know, secret to me, you know, I, like had journals of poetry and like was a creative writing and like prodigy at my school but um we just got pissy drunk and then decided to book some studio time and cut some records together we had a we started off as a duo um black market for those of uh, you that follow me from then um and then he decided to dabble in pop music and went his own route and i continued on with hip-hop and Nice. we remained frequent collabor- collaborators throughout the years but um yeah and hip hop has just always been my my little mistress that i can't leave alone
1: that's so awesome yeah so i'm curious kind of you did share that uh you're you're gay as well uh so how did that kind of affect uh your not only your coming out story but kind of the the rap that you do is very kind of uh verbally kind of aware of who you are as a gay man, as an artist. Uh, so kind of did you, was your coming out process easy and did that kind of just flow right into uh, the rap that you started creating or uh, did it kind of take some time? I know that you just shared, you know, that you and your friend uh, were collaborating together, but uh, it sounds like you kind of um, jumped kind of full force right in with being kind of a gay artist, uh, which not is not easy for, you know, a lot of people that are out there.
0: Well, I mean, I was sure of who I was at an early age, so it, there was no going back in the closet for me. You know, I had already been like on like covers of gay magazines by the time I was like eighteen, and like mm. was, you know, had I tried to go back in the closet, you know, there would have been like blackmail. You know, I was always very aware of things that could be used against me, so right. there was never going to be any hiding for who I was, and. The adversity that you know is often used in rap um or at least the rap i was listening to at the time um mm-hmm. hip-hop was always a vehicle to conquer that and being mm-hmm. a gay man i just empathize with that you know that let me put my struggle on wax and honestly i was trying to pay forward what hip-hop had always done for me and that was um, give a sense of uh, honesty and transparency to you know things that might not be difficult, but also like the confidence. You know, like mm-hmm. I grew up listening to strong artists, and like one of my favorite artists, Little Kim, who was always unabashedly herself, and like such a powerful sex symbol that like she got so much flack coming out for speaking so like brashly and bold and her image reflected right. that and that's something that I admired and wanted to build myself to be as well so yeah
1: yeah no i i, I see the influences of of little kim in uh, your your music as well as yeah you're you're very out there and you know kind of like showing who you are authentically you a hundred percent of the time, which I think is so great. Cause, uh, yeah, too often a lot of artists kind of like have to hide under, you know, the parameters of what they think the music industry wants or, or what they should be. So the fact that you don't is, is so great. Um, I'm curious kind of, you know, the, this podcast is called the creative Lotus podcast based on this idea of the simultaneity or cause and effect of the Lotus flower blooming and seeding at the same time. But that can't happen unless like the shit underneath the water, right? This muck and nasty stuff going on or the struggles, uh, in human terms uh kind of are leading to this blooming of uh of the lotus flower itself uh so i always ask every you know guest kind of what are some struggles that you personally have have to go through uh in order for you to kind of have this blossoming career uh that you've had thus far
0: um i mean as i stated earlier um life was never relatively easy for me growing up um you often have to kind of put on a face or, you know, um, I mean, I'm not unlike LA in itself, you have to project a certain image to not be judged or not to be pigeonholed. Um, just in general. Um, but I mean, you know, I was estranged from my family for a while because of my sexuality. Um, not my parents because coming out to them was really easy and accepting and they just, they even encouraged my music right off the bat. My mom was so, um, so, such a big fan. Just like so blown back by the fact that I was able to like make music. Um, but ultimately it was, uh, her passing, um, that kind of, I spiraled after that, you know, I was out partying and doing anything to just take my mind off of it. And then I just Mm -hmm. had this, this moment of, this isn't what she wanted for me you know i need to throw myself into what she loved about me and that was my creative expression mm-hmm. and i've never been a big person on religion um clearly just because of all the negativity that it often comes with um especially right. in regards to what makes me me but um I was on my way to recording my first mixtape, and I had turned um a poem that I wrote for her um service into a song mm-hmm. and I had been kicking myself for weeks because uh, you know moms are annoying, they call you and they leave all these voicemails they're naggy 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 and right. um I was on my way to record that song, and I found this hidden folder on my phone with a voicemail from her and it was the perfect Mm -hmm. timing and it was seemed like music and the path that i was deciding to go in was so much bigger than me and i was able to attach that voicemail and still to this day it's my greatest accomplishment that song my family hadn't really taken me serious as a musician Um, Mm and then come to find out my sister listened to it every morning going to work my niece got it like my lyrics tattooed on her like and like for her to get a tattoo in the first place was like crazy but you know um and i mean that just kept me going and carried me uh, even on my like lowest days um Mm -hmm. and then during that time me and my father really started to connect and he was completely enamored with what i was able to do for myself Mm because you know all the odds had been stacked against me and even um, then, he passed away a couple of years after, and it still uh-huh. just kind of gave me the the fight and the fire because I'm such a I'm such a second version, a second coming of my father, stubbornness and creativity <laughs> yes. and all. Like the older I get, the more I feel lucky to you know be his a legacy, uh, an extension of his creativity and his art. So, Amazing. you know. Adversity has always been my comfort zone in a way because, you know, you know, like it's, it's where I Excel, you can't keep me down.
1: Yeah. No, that's amazing. I think half the struggle or the battle, right, is to be able to take those struggles and that adversity and then turn it into something creative. Um, I, I think if I'm not correct me, if I'm wrong, I should say uh, the song that you made for your mother is uh closer to my dreams. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's such a beautiful, I was watching the video last night actually on YouTube and, uh, I'll throw a link down below so people can watch it as well. But, uh, yeah, such an amazing tribute to your mom. Um, and yeah, I know that losing any loved one is very difficult, but then to be able to turn that into something creative is quite incredible. So thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, both of those stories. Um, so I, I always ask kind of, um, what do you consider to be maybe one of your greatest personal achievements? Uh, but maybe you're not necessarily known for as heartthrob Rob, but something that you kind of really hold near and dear to yourself.
0: Um, is this still pertaining to music or is this just something? Yeah, yeah, whatever for yourself or um, for
1: your music or yeah.
0: I mean, I pour myself into my music and like, full force um and music has always been just an extension of me as a person or how i'm feeling and it's really hard for me i mean i can write a song on a whim or with you know a prompt or you know with somebody but mostly it's a way of me therapeutically releasing my feelings so Any, any track, even like my very confident or like raunchy, you know, songs are always just an extension of me. So there's nothing but truth for most part in a lot of my music. Um, Mm -hmm. so every time I accomplish a song, I feel very happy that I'm able to share such a, a vulnerable, any, I mean, any emotion is like shared to the world is vulnerable, even if it's mad. So, um anything with music is an accomplishment to me and especially to have been as well-received as I had. Cause I, I do everything on my own. I write mm-hmm. my music. I record my music. I shoot the music videos. I edit the music videos. I send out like all the press release, like having a manager's fun and all, but like I have to have my hand in the pot. So I'm always really proud of where anything goes. Cause it's usually all yeah. me. Um, but outside of music, um, anything I do that's creative, like painting or, you know, um, I love it all. Art has just always been home to me. Like I grew up, Mm -hmm. I drew my yearbook cover for my like eighth grade class and like, you know, like, I don't know, I just, I spill my heart into everything. So anything artistic.
1: No, oh, I love that. Yeah, so you kind of mentioned like Little Kim was an influence. Uh, who else do you kind of get? Maybe not an inspiration from or inspiration from, but uh, the the influences that you kind of have shaped you as an artist uh, so far.
0: Um, I mean, musically, I grew up like with a heavy influence of East Coast hip hop. Um, mm-hmm. So there's always going to be some Biggie, some Nas, yes. some Jay. Um, there there was just such a raw gritty beautiful um cleverness you know mm-hmm. and like it's there's something really sexy about east coast rap especially from like the 90s that like mm-hmm. it really did shape me um but like i grew up like with influences like common where they were like able to like it, it wasn't just like the nitty gritty you know there was a, a poetry and a, a like um a reflectiveness right. to a lot of their music. I mean there's so many MCs that I could name. Um, yeah Kim is definitely the biggest yeah just I don't know just as a young little gay boy like <laughs> she kind of encapsulated everything. Um, female rappers from that same from that same era too so I feel like foxy and Missy for sure. Hmm. Missy definitely yeah. the visuals. Um, yeah, incredible. In your face.
1: No, that's awesome. Yeah, I think, uh, growing up in the, well, being born in the late eighties and then, yeah, be, you know, living in the nineties, I feel like, yeah, all of those artists that you just mentioned were such a big influence just on music in general. So kind of how could you not? Um, and yeah, and Missy Elliott was such a, a visual artist and still is, you know, and so creative. So, um, and I, Yeah, I love the music videos that you do produce and you know, you talking about how you kind of do everything yourself. I can totally relate. (laughs) Doing this podcast is definitely like a a one man band. So you definitely, you know, have your hand kind of involved in all the creative aspects of it, which is kind of a great thing, but it's also, I'm sure you probably get tired (laughs) of having to do it all yourself at times too. So
0: I mean, even if I could outsource, I would still be so heavily involved in it. Um, the last time I did have someone do one of my music videos, I ended up scratching it and just taking mm. the footage and re-editing it myself because I am can be a hard person to please sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I mean,
1: as an artist, I think you do have to see your vision all the way through. And so, you know, it's great to have collaborators, but I I personally find it, I, I don't know about yourself, but it's hard to like just give up the the reins, if you will, uh, to kind of other people to kind of do things, if, especially when it's who you are as an artist and it represents you. So, um, yeah. Um, so this, I always say this and it kind of sounds like a, an interview question for a job or something, but what do you consider to be your greatest weakness, uh, personally and musically, but, and then when those weaknesses come up, how do you kind of, um, overcome them quickly if you recognize them in the moment?
0: Um, um, I would say being a perfectionist might be my biggest weakness just Mm. because I'll toil over something until even way past like need be. I like (laughs) something could be great and I'll redo it like five times and then end up circling back to like the first version and be like, okay, that was great. Why couldn't I just like let it go? Or (laughs) like um, in that same aspect, I'll procrastinate because of my perfection but like like i have a i have this dope single that like i was ready to release right before the pandemic and Mm -hmm. like it was so good i was ready to release it and then the pandemic happened and i still haven't released it (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is really funny because it's actually like not to stroke my own ego but it's like been so far ahead of what's been going on that's like Mm. i'm like oh i should have released that because but in that same magnitude like i released my song what's your life like like four years after i recorded and released it and re-released it and i ended up getting put on like what was my first feature on billboard for it so like You know, sometimes you are ahead of the curve. And so I imagine that the same thing is happening this time around, hopefully. Um, Yeah. Now that I feel like I'm ready to put my hat back in the ring um, musically. Um, Or like I have like a bunch of beats that I've been sitting on for like the last year that I just like haven't got around to because, Mm. you know, I haven't felt what those songs require for me to to like complete them if that, if that tracks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, when you don't feel like you're in it and you kind of talked also about procrastination and I'm like the biggest procrastinator ever, I get it. I'll be like sitting there I'll be like, yeah, but I just need to like wait because it's going to get better, like with time. And I'm like, no, just do the fucking thing. Um, But I'm just curious, kind of like, how do you get yourself in that mindset so that you can just press record or, you know, press the send button or, you know, post something out there uh when you don't really feel it? What's like the motivating factor for you
0: knowing me and like, I can't beat myself up about not doing anything. If I don't do it, like you can't win the lottery if you buy, don't buy a ticket. Right. So like mm-hmm. at, at that same time, I also know I step in my way cause I'm like, if I'm going to go at anything, it's going to be full force. So mm-hmm. when I'm ready, I'm ready to pull the trigger. Um, and I feel like I'm ready again. So
1: nice very cool. Um so that kind of since you brought it up I'll, I'll just go into this question. I'm curious like you know the pandemic obviously affected everyone in all different types of ways. Some people took it as a creative opportunity, other people took it and you know it was it was kind of disastrous obviously with health issues, but then also just creatively, uh, you know, they kind of didn't know what to do with it. Uh, so for you kind of, what was it that got you through, uh, you know, 2020 up to 2022 at this point? Uh, and like you said, now you're ready to kind of like throw, throw yourself back into the game. Um, so I'm just curious kind of, uh, what was going on then and kind of what got you through it?
0: I wish I could have said that I was one of those artists that, you know, was able to flourish during the pandemic. But honestly, the pandemic ate me alive. And mm-hmm. I want to share that with other artists because not everybody, you know, I, I was so, um, Not jealous because I was going through my own thing, but I admired those creatives that were able to take hold and take everything as it was going. For me, Mm. music had never been at a higher point right before the pandemic, and then everything got taken away from me. All of my shows got canceled, you know, all of all of my, you know, industry connections that I had, like, um, cultivated over the years, you know, all those people got let go from their positions and, Mm. you know... I just didn't have the space to record. I also like, didn't feel like me and again Mm -hmm. to, you know, reemphasize if I don't feel like the person that is behind the mic and is sharing these things, then like, I can't, I can't create that content either. So I did, I did start, you know, slowly think, um, creating music and doing everything I could to keep my head above Mm -hmm. water. But I absolutely drowned during the pandemic. Uh, It took me two Mm -hmm. years to get back on my feet. And then as soon as I was ready to, like, get shit popping again. I'm sorry. I don't know if I can cast Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) it's explicit. uh, (laughs) All righty then. Um, Then, oh, and then I got, like, injured. And so Mm. it it's been definitely um, it's been humbling. But also, it's been eye-opening, um, mm-hmm. just to kind of rediscover who I am. Um, but I'm thankful for it all because I did write about a lot of those, those really, um, trying moments. Like I had bout after bout of depression, you know, through the pandemic because I felt guilty for not continuously pushing myself to pursue something. And then, I would beat myself up and just get into these really dark places, but they weren't places that I had been in such a long period of time that I didn't know how to use music as a stepping stone. And I also didn't want to be writing depressing music. I wanted to write happy music and, Mm -hmm. you know... But, you know, the pandemic, pandemic came and went, um, a lot easier for some people than others, but mm-hmm. w- we made it or, you know, yes. some of us yeah. did, whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to be able to have the opportunity to pick up kind of where I left off with, um, mm-hmm. a more mature take on yeah. on music and I, I i feel like the best is yet to come
1: amazing yeah that's a great great point of view and outlook uh toward the future so absolutely yeah i mean to be honest i think i thank you so much for sharing your honest um you know kind of struggle with the pandemic because i do feel like uh you know social media is such like a a fake place to live in because everything is so polished and everyone wants to kind of you know procure these ideas and so a lot of the pandemic you know 2021 2020 and even this year you know it's still very like um. everything, everything just looks so great. And, you know, I know more and more people are talking about mental health and, you know, depression and how, you know, people are making memes and kind of joking at it, but it's a real thing, you know? And so I think, yeah, you taking your time to kind of get yourself together and figure out what you need for yourself is, is really necessary as well. You know, so you're able, like you said, to kind of like move forward towards 2023, which is so weird to say that out loud. that <laughs> This year oh is good, like coming yeah. to a close. <laughs> Um, but I'm curious, has there been, I know that you mentioned, you know, your career was really on the rise in 2019. And then obviously like, I think everyone felt like 2020 is going to be the year. And then like, literally we all got shit on as we all know. So, um, you know, what was there a moment before that, let's say that you really felt like you had quote unquote made it, uh, and kind of like, what was that or highlight of your career? Uh, and what was that like for you and, and kind of how did you either celebrate that and or what did that mean to you?
0: Getting to be featured on so many outlets and to be kind of just seen for the diligent work that I had put in up to that point, because Mm -hmm. there had been so many, you know, doors closed in my face over the years, you know, like so many labels had like, like said no, absolutely not before when I had like first come out with my first mixtape, like I -hmm. couldn't get like all the hip hop publications, the source vibe, all of them said absolutely not Interscope. Turned me away, you know. Mm. I, you know, and a lot of them had told me straight up, like, "Oh, gay rapper would never happen." Blah, blah blah blah. And this was like years, years, years before any of these artists have been able to, you know, have a mainstay in the industry, right. and yeah. being able to have finally been on like Rolling Stone or not Rolling Stone, um, Billboard, and you know getting the recognition and getting the shows. And, you know, I was booked almost like a solid full 2020 to like perform. I was so happy. I was working on new music. I was in a. I was like being able to use me- uh, music to benefit others, like throwing a, sh- a showcase at the Viper room. So, mm-hmm. you know, with nothing but gay hip hop artists and being able to like pay forward the little bit mm-hmm. of the success that I had in such a, a small and, and you know, in the grand scheme of things, it was a small way, but in as big of magnitude as I could. I felt, you know, on top of the world. And that's why I think 2020 happening just kind of really pulled the rug out from under me. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. a person that's able to and like to this day really appreciate some of the things that I've done and achievements that I've made. Cause I'm always so focused on like two or three steps ahead of where I am currently, which also was probably to go back a couple questions. One of my biggest flaws is I can't actually absorb things. Um, but I guess a highlight of 2020 was able to actually reflect on all that. But, um, to have, um, Everything in such a, um, a good momentum made me feel like I was making it and all of the love and well reception that I had received, um, in regards to my music, just people reaching out and, you know, it's the real small things. Like when people are really graciously come up to me and appreciate, you know, that means a lot to me. Cause it, I, that wasn't asked no. for. That's not a social media, you know, not to say that, you know, celebratory comments and stuff aren't, aren't genuine, but when someone pulls me mm-hmm. aside and really just expresses like a genuine appreciation for something that I do, I take that into, into f- full heart, full heartedly. Um, so that's what made me feel like I was making it was, feeling like I had everybody behind me and yeah. that's also what kind of knocked the wind out of me during the pandemic because mm-hmm. was like coming from such a high of like you know everyone cheers for you when you're golden and then the minute the, sh- the shine wears off a little bit you know it feels like you're kind of you know shadow boxing out there by yourself
1: right right
0: gone but not forgotten right yeah
1: no I mean I that's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, that has to be difficult because, um, yeah, I, I do feel like, and especially in the music industry, I think more so than kind of anything else, uh, you know, like, because you guys are putting out singles and putting out EPs or, you know, albums and stuff, it's like, yeah, you're, you're only known for your, Your best achievement at the moment, but the moment that kind of goes away, it's like, yeah does Does the fandom still keep going? And do people are people still there to support you, or do they magically kind of disappear until like the next thing, you know? And so, I'm sure that kind of is difficult to take in, and um, yeah, and see it as kind of like, you know, where where are my people at? You know, where the fuck are you guys at when when I need you the most? When I'm kind of going through it as well. So, yeah, um. So I'm curious kind of what brings you the most joy now, uh, versus kind of maybe when you first started out uh in the music industry and were kind of getting going? If there's any kind of differences that you've you've seen?
0: Um I mean there are there are quite a few. Uh I used to hate performing live. Like start oh, wow. starting out, I like couldn't imagine like, you know, I mean, I had been in front of crowds to a certain capacity. I had done runway shows and stuff. But I mean, like, that's very... You're a coat hanger on a platform, essentially. Um, And, you know, growing up, I did, like, a mild amount of, like, maybe performances. But really coming into my own with the stage presence and being able to, like you know, put myself out there and just kind of drown it out and give myself to the mercy of the crowd is something that I have grown to love and there's no bigger high than to be on stage and to look into the crowd and seeing someone going fucking ape shit to your music <laughs> and or just someone like you know didn't know you before and like they're vibing and you're like, okay, like they're like, okay, I get it. I fuck with this. Yeah. Um, That's also being able to share the stage with people that I like, love like other artists. And just, Mm. I I feel like that is such a beautiful thing to be able to share that moment of like creativity, but like Mm -hmm. out, out loud, essentially, you know? So that is definitely something that's changed over the years. Um, And I'm proud of myself for being able to, go out scantily clad and all and deliver a good show.
1: Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome yeah i will I do have to say for the audience that's just listening uh you know you're you're definitely not uh bad to look at, and you definitely bring a performance and body adi adi to the stage uh every performance that you do so and your videos as well and i think um yeah I think it's it's kind of amazing that you know that your artistry kind of uh transcends this idea that like rappers have to be you know like you know baggy clothes or this whole idea that you gotta be like you know fully you know Dressed up if you will, but like, I mean, yeah, you bring, you bring the sex appeal to, to the stage for sure. So kudos to you to doing that. Cause I know that can't be easy having the, an entire audience kind of watching you. So to get hyped off that I'm sure is, uh, elating to be, uh to say the least. Um, So I'm curious, what is your kind of work ethic like? It sounds like you kind of got back into the rhythm of things, um, but kind of what what does, you know, Heartthrob Rob do on a a day in the life of right now that you're kind of uh, getting the the wheels going again um, uh, towards the end of this year now?
0: Uh, Well, I have... um, So I've had a couple projects all simultaneously going, and I think it's been the first time that I've just had so much con not content i hate that word um (laughs) so much music um to work on and i have got like three or four different projects that are in the work and it's really hard for me to like focus on one so i like Mm. i'm writing so many things as as like that mindset pertains to that particular project so i have like a bunch of like fun upbeat music but i wasn't fun upbeat in here so Mm. it it was not able for me to translate or to even like pretend to have that much bravado or that like cockiness that those songs required Mm -hmm. um but i one of the projects is very um it's very honest it's um a little dark a little deep um especially compared to what um I guess the songs that have really gotten people's attention. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm polishing those off right now and I hope to have that out in the beginning of 2023. I was originally gonna drop it at the end of this year, but mm-hmm. I was I was uh, scheduled for surgery and since that's got pushed mm-hmm. back or might not even be necessary, then um, I'm definitely coming out with it in the beginning of next year. It's gonna be an EP. Um, I I'm haven't just... decided on how many tracks are yet, but I've got four or five of the songs pretty much done. Um, I'm gonna send them off to my engineer to, you know, polish off and, uh, give it that, that nice, that nice little polish that like cherry on top. Um but as far as my creative process goes um things just spill out of my head like i'm always my mind doesn't turn off it's just all the time um and uh believe it or not the like i get most of my inspiration or like most of my ideas or do most of my songwriting at the gym like while i'm like like i'm working out because like i'm able to listen to B- new beats, you know, mm-hmm. or like, all oh, right, like a freestyle, like on the spot at the gym, like in my notes on my phone, like while mm. I'm like doing cardio or something. Um, nice. and then I'll come home and then just bam, just get to work on it. You know, Yeah, uh, it's cause my mind's going even hot, like at a higher pace after getting my heart rate up but yeah um so right now i'm just slowly getting back into that um going to the gym getting focused on on what i want to put out and i've got i got a lot of good shit in the works so
1: that's exciting yeah love it well i look forward to when you do put it out we can all uh Sure you want and listen to it. I look forward to uh, hearing what you got going. Um So I'm curious, you know, you did kind of mention that you were, you know, you've done pride shows and kind of, um, you know, you not to put labels on anybody, but, you know, you kind of have this title of being kind of a gay artist and a gay rapper. Um, you know, and I think you've shared on social media as well that, you know, there was some frustration that you've had, uh, with kind of like this, the gay pride scene and gay artists and not getting the recognition and, uh, support that they should be, um, you know, in this arena that, you know, is supposed to be very uh, all about community. Um, and it's seemingly not. So I'm just, I'm curious kind of, uh, uh, you've already mentioned before that, you know, you've gone to different labels and, you know, they've said, no, there's no such, you know, we don't want any, you know, gay rappers that's never going to happen type thing. But, you know, how do you kind of um, how do you take that on and how do you just like keep on going forward with it? And, you know, having this title of, uh, you know, being gay as like, you know, a label on you, uh, do you find it difficult? And at times do you feel like you should uh, maybe like take it off or are you kind of proud to, to wear that?
0: Well, okay, so, like, to keep it real funky, um, I am, like, like, I'm me to the truest extent, and, you know, like, being a gay man is, you know, whether I like it or not is going to be a quality of mine that people are just going to be very aware of and i make music for the Mm -hmm. gay community you know straight up like i never pretend to be anything i'm not i never tried to go back in the closet you know i had a bunch of friends when i was younger who were actors and models and they all went back in the closet and like to Mm further career and i never ever sought that for myself like i i was so sure of myself at such a young age and i Want to make sure that, you know, the younger generation has that same comfortability and that same disregard for trying to fit in or trying to be somebody else. So, like, never in my, like, wildest dreams did I imagine that I'd be able to have any kind of mass appeal or, like, crossover pop success. If anything, I Mm -hmm. always knew that, like, I'd have, like, maybe a cult following, but that's why it stung so hard so much um making music for my people and then when it comes to like booking and shows and shit like you're like you're gonna do me dirty when you're like paying these straight artists to like Mm. come here in our safe area no 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 like and the way that like i've been treated by a lot of the prides is just It it, it's so so offensive to a sense like Mm. you expect this level of professionalism and the quality of showmanship and artistry and you're not going to even attempt to meet me halfway in the middle or you're going to play with my check no 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 so right now i have no intention of performing at any more prides like Mm. unless the bag is right and like that's that fucking contract is a-okay like no 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 but i just like you know everything i do not everything i do because a lot of what i do is for me but (laughs) i do a lot to make sure that like i feel like our community is presented in in a dignified manner or like a serious way, you know, because we haven't had that representation in music and we still barely have any representation in music, you know, Mm. and even in even with the representation that we have in music. um, A lot of it is curated by labels. You know what I mean? Right. And so. Mm -hmm. There's just, I mean, I'm sorry, I, I might have just like kind of sped away with the question. But, yeah. I mean, I'm going to demand respect because I I think that's the least, the very least of what could be offered by our community. And as far as dropping the, like, gay rap, I mean, obviously I want to be acknowledged by, like, my peers or my idols in hip-hop as just, you know, like, he spits, he's a rapper, you know, he's got bars, like... I already know that there's going to always be the attachment attachment of my sexuality. So like that's not mm-hmm. something that I'm ex- going to be able to escape. So I'm going to ride with it and if people choose to let the rest of it fall to the sides, it, it will happen organically.
1: Yeah. No that yeah I think you make a really valid, valid point and thanks for kind of sharing about uh the whole pride scene. I asked because I also have friends who are gay artists themselves, you know, and they they don't like the label necessarily because I feel like it they they feel as though it kind of, you know, boxes them in and you can't necessarily be taken seriously in that other arena. And like you said, I think so much of it is curated by the labels of any gay artist, doesn't matter what genre you're in, uh to kind of be like, oh, well, this is the type of person you have to be in order to like fits, you know, the, the popular, uh, you know, music scene. And so, um, yeah, I was just curious. And I, I love the fact that you said you're curating to, you know, your people, which is what, you know, music is about. Right. And hopefully everyone else will, you know, catch on and, you know, start to listen and enjoy, uh, the, the music that you're creating. I am curious though. Um, you know, rap really was born, you know, kind of in the black community, right? So do you feel as though it is difficult to come into that and be taken, uh, like you said, you know, not seriously, but you know, seen for the music that you're doing because of uh the title that you kind of bring to the table, if you will, and use it and having to have like your sexuality be on the table in that in that regard? Uh,
0: well, like again, I make I make music f- for gay men and, you know, a lot of women that really fuck with it. I never intended or imagined that, like, me talking about sucking dick or, like, fucking dudes was ever going to resonate with, like, straight (laughs) men and, any like, you know. Yeah. So um, hip-hop as groundbreaking and, you know, politically charged as it, was at its birth has always kind of carried a misogynistic and homophobic, um, narrative with it and has, um, kind of gone hand in hand with that for a long time. I do think a lot of doors have been knocked down. Um, I mean, but that's just a reflection of society as a whole. Um, but I mean, people aren't not going to give props where props are due. So I will hope that my artistry and my ability to be such a, um, brilliant wordsmith will outshine like any stigma that can be like harbored against me just strictly because of my, um, sex forward image or, um, my brash lyrics and, you know, like. I would hope that someone says, wait, what the fuck did that say? Let me rewind this real quick. You know, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a place for me at the table. So yeah. whether absolutely. I show up on time or I'm late to the party is, is yet to be determined. Yes. Yes,
1: absolutely. What's one thing that you've kind of learned about yourself, you know, uh, Like you said, being so open and brash and, and very yourself as an artist, kind of what is, you know, what has being in this industry kind of taught you about yourself that you might not have known prior to, uh, getting into music?
0: Um, what has it taught me that there's no limit to anything I can't do. You know, like I remember recording my first like mixtape about 10 years ago and people, we're not at all receptive to there ever being a space in hip hop for a gay man, and I can mm-hmm. name like i can name like a not a bunch not to sound shady but i can i can <laughs> name a good a good couple m c s that you know they out like those are my homies, and like we can outwrap a lot of these heterosexual dudes like mm-hmm. easy easy yeah Yeah. so i mean i've learned to be fearless and Mm -hmm. you can do anything you put your mind to and i i've done it i've done everything myself and them now laughing and scoffing at everyone that told me no you're you're crazy Mm. or you're wasting your time what I was yeah. wasting my time is even acknowledging their responses. So
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I'm curious kind of who I think I know the answer to this, but who has been kind of your biggest supporter or fan? Uh, that's really helped you keep on going through, uh, this whole process. You know, not only as you shared like the pandemic, but then just like your career as a musician as well
0: it's hard because there's been so many points where I felt like I've been the only man on the boat and a boat that's sinking. Mm. And Mm. I will say, um, one person that has just always been my cheerleader is Josiah. Um, I can't probably name how many times I've been on the ledge and he's been like, no, come on, you got this. Mm. Um, Also, like, to be perfectly honest, me, like, Mm. that sounds really, really, um, self-centering, but like, no, cause I'll be in the dark and I'll be in the desert alone and I'll, I'll listen back. Like, cause I mean, like, I get sick of my fucking music. I listen to that shit so much. (laughs) Like when I'm recording it and I'm writing it, by the time it comes out, I'm just like, fuck this shit. But Then I like go back and I listen to my, my discography on a whim and I'm like, oh fuck shit, like I got this, you know, like you, you, I mean, you cannot be the man unless you're a fan of yourself. Hmm. Like, so you, at the end of the day, the like, the seasons are in change and people come and go out of your life. And whether or not those are, you know, friends or fans or whomever, like y- the one person that's got to make, you've got to make sure has your back is you. Cause the minute that's gone, like your will to be creative is gone too.
1: Yeah. No, I don't think it's self-centering at all. I think that there's, trust me, I've had plenty of guests on the show that have definitely said like me, bitch, like I'm, I'm my biggest supporter and fan. So I think, yeah, you, you are the one that is in the driver's seat for lack of a better term. Right. And you have to be the one to kind of keep going and try and believe in yourself, but to have someone that supports you, you know, I think is, is always helpful. You know, like you said, when you're in those dark moments or you kind of can't, you know, go through to have someone to kind of take your hand and help you, you know, kind of get back in it is great. Um, so I was kind of curious., uh, where did this title of Heartthrob Rob come into play? Because I love it. I think it's so cool, but uh, I probably should have asked that at the top of this this interview, but um, yeah, I'm just curious. Uh
0: well, I mean, so originally my like stage name was Rob B, and uh-huh. like, it just kind of got overshadowed by my social handle that like was my like Instagram handle because more people knew me by Rob than they actually did by like my stage name and i'm making the transition over officially to have my Mm. music listed under that um but that was just a nickname that i got off of uh, again circling back to those um little um star shots from back in the day Mm. that like you know like it just it was like a nickname that just kind of got carried over and was just kind of a joke it was honestly i didn't take it in any full seriousness and i became more synonymous um than i would have imagined but yeah
1: nice that's cool i like it uh what do you do for yourself uh to like get out of your own head and to you know maybe it's still in the creative field but kind of like uh that brings you joy and happiness uh like whenever you have the the free time or the ability to kind of you know kind of quote unquote take care of yourself uh and you know that makes you happy
0: um i mean there's a couple answers to this um usually if i need to sort through something like the working out or going for like a run used to be my refuge. To like, also, I mean, I do a lot of writing and create uh, creative thinking in that scenario, but at the same time, mm. it's also a way for me to wash away and just kind of run those thoughts that won't stop running out of my head. Um, but if I need some peace and tranquility, um, I always find myself at home at the beach um, mm. just to like, it's just such a calming, soothing, nurturing place for me. Um, mm. or like to get away to the desert. Those are like the two, my two favorite places to just go and escape, um, and do a little self care and self love. Um, but I also love to be surrounded by like just people that I really like love and care about. There's just like, um, like a recharge like to just be laughing and to be like immersed with just good energy and good people. Nice, and usually that awesome. comes hand in hand with some good food. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Do you like to cook yourself? Are you a Are you a chef?
0: No, absolutely not. No, I won't even. You know, you try to play. <laughs> no,
1: yeah, no, it's it's not easy to be in the kitchen. So I get it. Um,
0: I can I'm, make a great I'm, drink for sure. Oh, hey. I, I'm a I'm, yeah. I'm a good uh, mixologist. I hate that term, but I can I can whip up a good martini or old fashioned like, yeah. But now I can't cook.
1: (laughs) It's all good. Um, Gotta love a good uh, cocktail. It's always fun. Um, Cool. So I'm curious kind of this now looking to the future, you know, you kind of shared with us that uh, next year, you know, you're going to be releasing new music, but you know, what are some goals that you may have for the next like three, five, even 10 years from now uh, for heartthrob Rob and your music and your career?
0: Um. You know, I'm really pushing forward with this next year. Um, I hope to have the couple pots that I'm storing um, be ready to serve. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a cook in the kitchen, but I can cook up in the studio. That's for sure. So go. I got some hot shit coming out uh, next year. Um, so for the next three, f- five years, I mean, Honestly, in about five years, I feel like I will, I mean, I don't think music will never not be part of me. So like, who knows? Um, but like, I would like to uh, switch up genres, maybe. Um, I am playing with, um, playing with that in some sorts with, um, Hmm. some of the releases that I've got coming out. Um, they're out of my comfort zone, but. Got it. Um, yeah, I would just hope to go on tour more. Um, I have some things lined up for 2023. Um, Amazing. Permitting uh, my health is allotting me to take full advantage of going on the road. Um, mm. I would just like to be able to focus more on music and just completely immerse myself in it. Um, mm. I'm also looking forward to producing for other artists and um, help help steer them in the right direction and give, give my ear, um, a wider range. Um, so.
1: Very cool. I like that. Uh, when you say different genres, I mean, are we talking like way kind of, you know, like country music or, I mean, if you can share any, I don't, I know that you're probably in the creative process right now, but I'm just curious.
0: Um, well, I've got, well, it's just, there's just so many, like, I love a full spectrum of music, and like hip hop may be like wifey to me. Like I've got like I grew up with like um, a big admiration for like pop artists and Mm -hmm. um, R and B artists, and you know I like I listen so much. I like grew up going to rock shows and like emo and screamo and like punk, getting my piercings ripped out like in the mosh pit. Like so, like I have like. I am leaning into a couple genres, um, but hip uh, it's, it's kind of an effusion of hip hop. Um, I definitely would like to work with a lot more like R and B singers. Cause I like, there's just, there is something that I used to find really beautiful about like the softness of R and B and it's like the raw, like gutter grittiness of hip hop. And Mm -hmm. I just think that's such a beautiful, um, a beautiful play on each other. Um, but yeah, I got I got some stuff that's like, honestly, it's leaning in every, it's that when I say I have my hand in so many pots, that's why it's so hard for me to like focus on one. Um, there's definitely something in there for everybody. So nice. That's awesome. A little jazz, a little rock, a little, maybe a little country, not like real big country. I'm not, (laughs) Not that yeehaw, but like um there's um like maybe some like some leaning guitar riffs and whatnot.
1: Nice. That's awesome. No, I love it. Yeah, I think uh music is such a like a universal thing, right? It does you can go to any country, you may not speak the language, but you know, their music can kind of pull you into culture and and their vibe. So uh I love when kind of mixing the two kind of meet paths. So that's dope that you're, you know, doing, doing it and and switching it up. So it's not just, uh, about the hip hop. Um, excuse me, I meant to ask, uh, you know, you are kind of a multifaceted artist, so are you still into photography and, uh, like painting and are you still doing any modeling? I meant to ask that earlier as well.
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah. So actually right before I, um, had um, succumbed to this injury about six mm-hmm. months ago. I had shot something for Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. Ironically enough, it was like a fitness wellness um, type shoot. Um, I am leaning more back into modeling because it's just like it just doesn't leave. I don't know. It just doesn't leave me alone. <laughs> you can't I quit don't know. me. <laughs> I, I, yeah. It, it just it just always happens to be even my life, even when I've like tried to you know hang it up. Um, yeah. so I am, um, I do a lot behind the camera too. Um, cause mm-hmm. I am a video editor. I'm a graphic designer and a graphic illustrator. Um, nice. I, I do love to d- do photography. I should probably be like, I mean, when I have the opportunity, I just haven't, I haven't really. So one of my big goals is to have a gallery show show. Like I've oh. always, that's on my bucket list, whether it's art or photography, it's, absolutely something that I'm going to accomplish. Um, so I don't see it not being a possibility, um, that I lean more into that. Um, I, you know, I used to help out with agency things and, you know, picking out photos for models and stuff. So I'm not, I'm not, not gonna, um, have my hand in those. I keep on using this analogy. It's horrible. Um, I, I love doing anything creative. So, like, anytime I have free time, I'm drawing or I'm sketching or I'm, you know, doctoring up something on Illustrator or Photoshop. Like, you know, um, yeah. it, it just it feeds me. Very cool.
1: Love it. Yeah, all the creative outlets. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to know is do you record a lot of your stuff at home or do you go into a studio and and kind of record it? Like how does that kind of process work for you?
0: So um I love being in the studio because like one, I one, I love my engineer. I like he's been with me from day one. Like that's my dude. Nice. Shout out Ian. Um <laughs> But during the pandemic, I did drop like a bag on all this recording stuff to do at home. Um, mm-hmm. and like I did, and like, I have recorded stuff at home over the last six months when I was unable to travel uh, to the mm-hmm. studio. Um, but I mean, it's a little bit of both now, cause now I'm able to, I, now I'm able to do that portion of it myself. I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like my workflow is a lot easier when I have my engineer there and I'm able to just be like, Hey, let's run that back. Let's loop it in. Like, can you like. You punch me in here um and then it's you know simultaneously able to like switch between tracks but um for recording purposes but i mean i feel like there's um so many drafts that sometimes go into recording some things like f- first first goes usually on my phone like just mm-hmm. recording on my voice notes and then oh. i can take it into you know i have got a Pretty dope home setup um, that I recorded a couple songs on, which was good. But there's just something about being in the studio and just mm. like, just being like completely secluded and just like having that one on one with me and my engineer that I like. It's, it's like a high I can't get when it's just me at home. Yeah. Nice.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so looking way to the future, uh, I asked this kind of my second to last question, which is, uh, you know, what would you say to your future self in 15 years from now? Uh, if you could say something almost like, uh, what the hell are those things called? Like, a, <laughs> I was going to say a message in a bottle, but no, it's like, uh, a future message for your, for your future self, 15 years from now.
0: Better have no fucking regrets. Not one. Don't look back. With any remorse for anything, live unapologetically, live full heart- heartedly, and burn the bitch to the ground. Yep. Nice.
1: That's what's up. Uh, and then the, my last question is really kind of do you have a motto or phrase
0: that you live by? Fuck you, pay me. And I feel like <laughs> yes. every creative should adopt that because it is so so frequently that creatives are not accurately compensated um for their creativity and you should mm-hmm. never shortchange yourself and you should always always demand your worth and so yeah. Fuck you pay me is just a a beautiful mantra to make sure do you get what yours? That's so 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 fucking true. <laughs>
1: um, awesome. Well, I think that kind of wraps it up. Let me just double check here. Uh, yeah. So the the only thing I want to know is where can people find you on social media, a website? Where can they, you know, listen to your music?
0: Um, heartthrob Rob across all um, social media platforms. Um, that's also my website. Um, if you are looking for my music on all streaming platforms, um, it's currently under Rob. B, and that's R-O-B dot B. Um, Mm -hmm. But that will be soon changing to Heartthrob Rob.
1: Fantastic. Well, I really look forward to, and I know that everyone listening, uh, as well as watching, uh, we all look forward to hearing and seeing your, your visuals as well as listening to your new music, uh, next year in 2023 and what else, whatever else you come out with, uh, creatively in, uh, the coming years. So I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for all of your time and, uh, sharing your stories with us. And, uh, we'll see you on the,
0: out in the universe on the social media and way. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to gracing you all with my presence in 2023.
1: Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Creative Lotus Podcast. And a huge thank you to Heartthrob Rob. This week's Buddhist quote of the week is... The energy of creativity is like a fire that transforms all kinds of obstacles into opportunities for dynamic new growth by Daisaku Ikeda. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Creative Lotus Podcast. If you're watching here on YouTube, go ahead and give us that big thumbs up. Press that subscribe button and hit that ding bell for all notifications when new episodes drop. If you like this video, check out this video right here, which will be another full episode of the Creative Lotus Podcast. Until then, let's talk creative on the next Creative Lotus Podcast. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Creative Lotus Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Zaki. Please go ahead and subscribe, rate us and write a review and follow me at Alan Zaki on social media. I look forward to having more amazing creative dialogues on the next episode episode.